action sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. This is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald. And I'm Father Andrew Dickinson. And we want to launch your own efforts to explain the Catholic faith and to invite others to live it. Before we get into today's topic, we want to remind you that we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about today's episodes or episode or ideas for future episodes, please contact us. Two easy ways to do that. First, you could email us using the email address of ignition at sfcatholic.org. That's ignition at sfcatholic.org. You can also tweet at us. The Twitter handle is sfdiocese, S as in Sue, F as in Falls, D-I-O-C-E-S-E, and use the hashtag ignition. Sierra, Frank, Delta, India, Oscar, Charlie, Echo, Sierra, Echo. Ah! Way to go. Thanks, Tom Clancy. <laughs> Is it, aren't there like two different phonetic alphabets? Yeah, there are. There's actually, the, the military the, the, yep. and then the... Uh, 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 public... That would look smarter First responders. <laughs> oh, it could be. Yeah, it could be that. Maybe that. Or air... Um, actually, air traffic control maybe is... It? Whatever. <laughs> if you uh, know what who else you, what the other phonetic alphabet is, email us or tweet you, to please? us. Yes, okay, yeah. help us out in our ignorance. Thank you. Um, See, before like there was like instant googling and smartphones, you just like had to ask and just wait for someone right. to tell you the answer. So we're going to crowdsource this question. Oh, crowdsourcing! Yeah, crowdsourcing. Uh, we should also, before we get into the topic, Father, who are we? Who are you? Well, you are Dr. Chris Bergwald, and you are the Director of Director Director of Adult Catechesis and Evangelization Discipleship and Evangelization at the Catholic Diocese of Sioux Falls. That's not that's that's A T at. Yes, not yeah. ampersand. No, no, no. That's ampersand. Oh, that's the end. What's the at symbol called? The at symbol. <laughs> but we used it before there was email, didn't we? Oh. Listeners, if you can tell us what the little ant... Tweet, uh, tweet at us. <laughs> oh, that'd be... <laughs> this is getting meta. I'm such a meta conversation right now. I don't know if it's really meta yet. Distracted? Yeah. Yeah, so if you know what the A that's in a, inscribed in a circle, what that was used for before email addresses and Twitter, we would love to know. And who are we? Yeah, so you're Dr. Chris Bergwald, and you're the Director of Adult Discipleship and Evangelization for the Diocese. You are the husband to <laughs> a you. wonderful wife, Germaine, and, and father to five children. Uh, and you've been here at the Diocese for over 10 years. Oh, yes, I, this September, it will be 14 years. Where'd it be? Double Jubilee. Oh, yeah, double, yeah. Sabbath, double, D- Sabbath. double Sabbath. Double Sabbath. Not a Jubilee yet. Double, <laughs> double Jubilee. Double Jubilee. <laughs> Uh, and you are Father Hendrickinson, a priest, son of the Diocese of Sioux Falls for lo these many 10 years, hailing from the, I believe, the capital of the Dakota Territory, if, if my... The mother city of the Dakotas. Mother, mother city of the Dakotas, Yankton, South Dakota, um, currently serving as the uh, pastor of St. Paul's Parish in White, South Dakota, and priest chaplain of the pious, I almost said saint, but I corrected myself. Where do you go? Not yet, saint, Pius the 12th Newman Center uh, at South Dakota State University in Brookings, South Dakota. Joe, go, go Jacks, go big, go home. I don't know. <laughs> 
Thanks. That's a, that's a grand effort. That's a grand effort. Listen, I got through the bio just fine. Anything worth doing is worth doing badly. That's right. We talked about that in a previous episode. What is your little motto thingy that you like to say? Anything worth doing is worth no, doing badly? No, not that one. Oh. Go Jacks. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Go big, go blue, go Jacks. Go big, go, there we go. GBGBGJ. <laughs> Acronyms the, these days like that, just you got to be careful. Better than the heebie-jeebies. <clears throat> Not necessarily. I haven't heard the word heebie-jeebies in a while. You just did. Well, I know, except from that, but kind of gives me the heebie-jeebies. But today's topic does not give us... Actually, the, it does. It does. Nice, bit. unintentional segue. Uh, we're going to be talking today... Father and I do um, an occasional series on the books of, right now, the New Testament. We started Matthew. We worked our way through all the Gospels, Acts of the Apostles, and we are in the middle of the Pauline Corpus. The, the body of work of St. Paul. Um, and we'll be talking today about St. Paul's second letter to the Th- Thessalonians. Uh, and just want to mention that a lot of the, um, the, the, the material that we'll be using in the first part um, is, is drawn. Father and I don't have too many original thoughts on our own. No. <laughs> Most of them are not worth uh, recording in any yeah, fashion whatsoever. Right. And yet we attempt it nonetheless. Uh, That's why they make priests read from books. That's, <laughs> uh, much of the source material, the, the material that we get comes from the Ignatius Catholic Study Bible, Bible which is written, co-authored by Dr. Dr. Scott Hahn and Curtis Mitch. It's a great resource. I highly recommend. Very readable. Um uh, it's it's the New Testament edition. The Old Testament edition is in process. So, Just like the Old Testament edition of the series of uh, it's not even in process. It's in future. Well, yeah. Well, it's kind of in. I mean, it's, it's it, there's long term early development going on. Yes, there. Yes, well said. You know, well said. Father. When he's kind of a movie terminology there. Yes, it's yeah. in pre production. Pre production. <laughs> so does that mean you're? Does that mean you're not doing anything on it? Exactly, because we're not producing anything yet. We're pre producing. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about the, the the background of the letter, and then as we've been doing of late, talk about um, some of our favorite passages. So let's start by talking, including about passages that give us the heebie-jeebies. Stay tuned. Uh, I just hit my knee on the table. If I you heard I, that in the I, microphone. Yeah. Sorry, Sorry. about that. But it was my funny bone. Professional uh, broadcasting at its best. Right? Yes. Um, so the author of St. Paul's letter to Second Thessalonians' father is... St. Paul! <laughs> what? No! Yes! He was... <laughs> I wanted to do like the, kind of like the TV announcer voice. So like, born in the town of... I forget what town he was born in. Tarsus! Born in Tarsus to a Jewish family and a Pharisee line, schooled in the Pharisees by Gamaliel. He exceeded all, he exceeded all of his uh, brethren in pursuit of righteousness according to the law until one day on his way to persecute the Christians in Antioch, he was knocked to the ground. Damascus. Damascus. Oh. Dang it, that was so sweet. Wow, that, that, would, that would have been, if I could have pulled that off. You were doing well. You were doing really well. <laughs> That was unrehearsed, listeners. That was awesome. Unrehearsed. So, as is so much of what we do on ignition. If you like to tweet a suggestion at us, like saying it's rehearse a soon for this, isn't it? Rehearse hashtag ignition. <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, Saint Paul uh, is well under the author of the um, letter to the second letter to Thessalonians. Uh, that's been a, a, was a unanimous Christian tradition. You want to look at the early church fathers question of the authorship of the of the second letter to the Thessalonians 
they all said Paul. Paul. Say Paul. Um, leave it. Leave it to modern scholarship to start to question that uh, 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 unanimous. Um, leave it to modern scholarship in any field to question any uh, conclusions that came uh, anywhere beyond twenty years before them. Right. Right. And so, the, Father, this is this is really cracks me up. So th- there are a couple things, a couple big reasons why modern scholars started to to wonder tell me, tell me. about why whether or not Paul was really the author. First of all, both first and second Thessalonians talk about Jesus's return, the second coming of Christ. Correct. Um, but they seem to have they seem to have different perspectives. Yes. Um, first Thessalonians it seems like it's it's he's coming tomorrow. He's coming. It's, it's the second coming is imminent. Whereas <gasps> second Thessalonians it's definitely further in the future. Mm. Now, the fact of the matter is, if you read First Thessalonians, Paul's emphasis is not so much it's com- he's coming tomorrow, it's he's going to come suddenly. Right. And that's In the twinkling difference. of an eye. Right. So he's not saying he's going to come soon, he's, go- but he's saying in First Thessalonians, when he does come, he's going to come suddenly. So this idea of the second coming being in the future is he's more explicit about that in Second Thessalonians for reasons we'll get to in a little bit, uh, but it's there in First Thessalonians as well. So that's one, that's one um, challenge to the idea of Pauline authorship, but also its rebuttal. But the second one cracks me up. So <laughs> Second Thessalonians, you're already laughing. Mo- modern you're LOLing. Uh, yeah, I am. Second Thessalonians, modern scholars, some modern biblical scholars argue. That Second Thessalonians must be written by someone besides Saint Paul because it's so similar in oh. style to First Thessalonians. Like it's an imitation, right? Like they so clearly, like slavishly imitated First Thessalonians that it had to be someone else. Just like Jim Caviezel imitating Christopher Walken. <laughs> it's someone else. That's not Christopher Walken, right? Right. Oh, it has to be the Two case. Two different people. Right. Because it's so similar. It's like, it couldn't be... Actually written by St. Paul. No. That'd just be like way too obvious and simple of a conclusion. Because I never write things in the same manner, speak no. in the same manner, no. drive in the same manner. That, I just... Like, that's that's too clever by half. Isn't that the saying? Too clever by half. Like, I'd say that. Like, the simple solution here is it's the same author. Like... It's a sim. It's so similar because it's the same guy writing it. Right. Like that's where I'm just. Like, what, what, what? Can, can can I make a suggestion? Like on like the first point too about uh you know the timing of Jesus's return. Sure. Well, like if Saint Paul said, "Oh, he's coming back suddenly," couldn't it be the case that some people said, "Oh, he's coming back soon," and Saint Paul would be like, "Oh, no, no, no! I said suddenly." So he's. I mean, just hold your horses here. Right. 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 Because he's writing to the same community. You don't think they wrote back or he got more updates on them? And Right. Yeah. Right. That's why, I mean, and I, I, I shouldn't sound so disparaging towards Sarcastic. modern biblical scholarship. Right. I shouldn't. Yeah. If you, if, uh, if you, listener of Ignition, are a modern biblical scholar, we love you. <laughs> we, yes. And you're doing a lot of great and valuable work. But just not on Pauline authorship. Not everything. I mean, not that I'm an expert, but just in my humble opinion. Like that just, I, again, I think too clever by half. Yep. So uh, we stick by the traditional, and we should say, okay, if, if somehow, somehow it were definitively proven that Paul didn't write Thessalonians, that's fine. Right. My faith does not hinge, my faith hinges on it being divinely inspired. And approved by the church. And approved by the church. Right. That's why I believe Second Thessalonians is the word of God, and 
but until then, I'm going to believe that Second Thessalonians was written by Saint Paul. Paul. Right. Right. So I yeah I'm don't let your don't the the moral of the story, dear listener, um, don't let your faith be shaken by what somebody with fancy letters after their names say when they're challenging or even what the person on the pulpit might say that way. Sure. You know, I don't sometimes priests get in their head that they need to talk about like these things that they learn in the scripture classes, which have really no bearing uh, in a lot of ways to your life. And they're talking about how, oh, well, this book really wasn't written by Paul or this one really wasn't by Luke. And, and the thing is, like, like every area of science, there's often advances and discoveries that, oh, like what was a common opinion and consensus 20 years ago is not true. Exactly. So that's why you have to be careful, but that's why stick to the facts. What does the text read? And and don't be too concerned about questions in this case of authorship. Correct. Although we just spent a long time here in Ignition <laughs> talking about the authorship of St. Paul in this second letter to the Thessalonians, which is part of our regular series of New Testament uh, books of the Bible and talking about them to try and encourage you to read them. Right. Right. Dear and listeners of Ignition. We usually end that uh, with, in these episodes, but it's worth stating repeatedly. It's worth stating that. Don't just take what we're saying uh, and leave it at that. Get into the scriptures. Especially Second Thessalonians. It's short. Three yeah. chapters. Yeah. You'll be able to read it prayerfully and carefully. Not just rip right through it. Right. Read it prayerfully and carefully. Because the Lord will have something to say to you in it. Yes. And if, as always, if ever, if you have any questions for us here at Ignition, do email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org. Tweet at us, sfdiocese with the hashtag Ignition. Uh, he's Father Andrew Dickinson, and I am Dr. Chris Bergwald. Uh, so there's authorship, date, and destination. Uh, probably written around the same time First Thessalonians was written. We talked about that four episodes ago. So written probably in Corinth around the year 50 or 51, probably just a few months after uh, the first letter to Thessalonians. And obviously written to the same church, Thessalonica. What can you tell me about Thessalonica? Um... Listen to the first episode we did on first. Oh, that's right. Which would be episode number two sixty two three? Is the is the the playback Four? slowing down? Oh, oh no, I was just kind of using a questioning voice. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, two sixty eight, I believe. Okay, no, no, two sixty eight is not that. That's what we did about sorry, uh, keeping your faith in college. Two sixty seven. Yeah, sorry, thanks. 267, we talked about First Thessalonians. We go, I don't want to spend a lot of time rehashing what we discussed there about Thessalonica. Live in the now. Yeah. So um, let's talk about the, the, the reason that Paul wrote such a quick follow-up to his mm. uh, original uh, first letter to Thessalonians. It wasn't a hasty follow-up. No. No. Nope. Um, so it appear, apparently, if you read both letters, and when you read Second uh, Thessalonians, it seems like the first letter had been maybe a little bit ignored, maybe a little bit misunderstood by the, the Christians in Thessalonica. And so Paul has to correct um, what they're thinking and, and therefore how they are living um, in light of what they think about Jesus' second coming. So we get both doctrinal teaching, Mm-hmm. Uh, doctrinal exposition, but also... Um, Who is Jesus? Yes, and moral exhortation as well. How to live. So doctrinal exposition, Paul corrects uh, an erroneous expectation, we talked about this already, that Jesus is about to return, that the second coming is just around the corner. Imminent. Right. Uh, he says it won't happen until certain things happen before it. Oh. Although just like, I mean, it is imminent in the sense that <laughs> I'm only one heartbeat away from Jesus coming back. No, you're only one heartbeat away from you going to him. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Good point. But still, I mean, 
I'm one heartbeat away. Yeah, from dying. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, Paul's talking about this, when Jesus will come again, but he's saying that it's not going to be soon because there are certain things that that have to happen before the second coming will occur. Specifically, and the reason Father mm-hmm. Father really was hoping we we're going to talk about First and Second Thessalonians together uh, back right. in episode two sixty seven. Um, he was really and then disappointed, almost crushed, maybe even that we had to put off Second Thessalonians because of the time we spent with First Thessalonians. Because this is where the heebie-jeebies are going to come in. Um, St. Paul's language, St. Paul talks about the coming of the man of lawlessness. Yes. So uh, we'll talk about him more in a little bit, but this is um, the coming of of someone who is going to confuse people about um, who Jesus is, about Christ- the nature of the Christian faith, but also is going to impress the world, or at least parts of the world, certain people in, in the world. Ensnare even? With signs and wonders. Yep. So we have to be, always have to discern signs and wonders. So we'll get more more into that in a little bit. Uh, moral exhortation. Um, there are some Thessalonians. Oh, Jesus is coming tomorrow. Hey. hey. Quit the job. Eat, drink, and be merry, yeah. for tomorrow we die. Yeah. Or he's coming again. Something like that. <laughs> so apparently there are Thessalonians who had quit their jobs and were simply waiting for Jesus to return. And like there's, this is like one of my favorite verses. That, well, when we get to it, it's one of my favorite verses and phrases of St. Paul that I just love. I mean, he's got a lot of phrases I love. I think Ooh. I don't know if in Galatians we talked about my favorite line from St. Paul of all time. I, I, I think there was something there, but I don't remember right now oh, okay. what it was. But anyways, uh, you have to go look at that past episode of Ignition to find out, listeners. Yes, you will. Um, and I'll have to go back and listen to to find out. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, praying, not working. Yeah. Yeah, so this line about the people like quitting their jobs and stopped working. Yeah, it's... Yeah, he, One of my get, favorite lines of all St. Paul's. He, he gets annoyed. Oh, totally. Them. He gets annoyed with them. And the Lord's working through his humanity. Right. And so um, his point is the better preparation is to work rather than to sit around and wait. Right. So should we jump into notable passages? Jump in. Uh, I, we should say that you're listening to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. If you have questions about Second Thessalonians or anything else, you can email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org, or you can tweet at us. Use the Twitter handle at sfdiocese, hashtag ignition. And I'm Father Andrew Dickinson, and on the other side of the microphone stand for me, I mean, there's more than a stand, because that'd be really close to spend a half hour talking to that each other would, that close. Oh, yeah, awkward, awkward close talkers in radio talkers. history. Not a close talker is Dr. Chris Bergwald. If you don't know what a close talker is, that might be a little slang phrase. That's just someone who, when they converse to you, they stand really, really, really close to you. Classic Seinfeld episode with Judge. Oh, what's his Reinhold? Judge Reinhold. Yep. As a close talker. Yep. And so I occasionally close talk people that I know uh, have like a large personal space. Yeah. But they don't like being close talked. Uh, your confrere in the uh, the Subbishop Evangelization Office, Eric Gallagher. Large he, personal space. Large personal space. He likes his personal space. And so, uh, dear listeners, oh, don't, 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 don't. It's a very, very America thing, the large personal space. Yes. Like people in other cultures are surprised at. Well, even like other Americans, I've just been, uh, this summer I've been working on the 30 Days Silent Retreat. Tangent here from Second Thessalonians listeners, I apologize. We are going to get to the heebie-jeebies. Uh, but I was working on at Broomtree for the 30 Days Silent Retreat, and there is a uh, Franciscan teaching it, uh, one of the signs of the apocalypse, that a Franciscan is teaching the Jesuit exercises. <gasps> I know. 
And uh, that's checked off Paul's list of what has to happen before. The yes, yes. Comment. We'll get to the rest of the list of St. Paul in a moment. But uh, the restraints against the lawless one. And uh, but he's he's from New York City and uh, in Newark, New Jersey. And so for him, like all of this space, it's really kind of phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. Just a lot of space. And it's it's an American, but might be more of, I mean, New York City, I don't think they have that sort of space. Yeah, maybe not. I mean, when you're crammed into subway but cars. I, I, from what I've heard, even, I mean, the Europe, well, Europeans in particular, what I'm thinking of, they're surprised at just generally the 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 expensive nature of America's, Americans' uh, personal space. We just have a lot of space. End of irrelevant tangent. Yes, that was, that was not a good use of the space of time. No. Because we, we only were, have like six minutes and 25 seconds. And so left. we need to talk about some of, in particular, some verses that These really strike you, Father. These are a few of my favorite passages. I'm passing the baton to you a little bit, Father. All right. So uh, a few of our favorite passages in Second Thessalonians. Uh, first of all, just uh, one thing that I kind of thought was interesting is um, the idea of suffering. So he's giving mm-hmm. Thanksgiving right at the very beginning. He talks about uh, suffering in verses four, five, six, and seven. I think uh, accordingly we boast... Uh, we ourselves boast of you in the churches of God regarding your endurance and faith in all your persecutions and the afflictions you endure. So he's bragging about afflictions, mm-hmm. bragging about the persecutions they've endured, because and he says in verse 5, this is evidence of the just judgment of God, so that you may be considered worthy of the kingdom of God for which you are suffering. Now, we as Catholics get a hard time when we talk about redemptive suffering, offering things up. Right. And sometimes uh, some of our Christian brothers and sisters, even some of our fellow Catholics might say to us, well, that's stupid. Why would God ever in some way allow you to suffer? Isn't your suffering a sign of your sin, a sign of your evil, a sign of your rebellion in some way? Right. But St. Paul here talking about God permitting suffering in his just judgment, in his righteousness, so that the worth of the Thessalonians may be shown uh, true, that their endurance may be shown that the qualities of their faith may be shown. And so I just thought that was a really awesome passage. Right. Uh, and it kind of goes against also too, like the American idea of a prosperity gospel. Yeah, that's, yeah. Can you just give like a one couple or a couple sentence definition of a prosperity gospel? So I think it's the idea that, that um, uh, if you're it really, it was reflective in the old Testament mentality mm. in particular as well, yep, yep, yep. where, where uh, if I am doing what God wants me to do, he's going to bless me materially where I will prosper in a material way, not just spiritual. We certainly, there's truth to this prosperity gospel in the sense that God will bless me when I seek to do his will. But not necessarily a material blessing. Right, right. And so that's where the the prosperity gospel gospel goes off the rails a little bit, implying, if not in some cases explicitly stating, um, that you will will be blessed. Money, possessions, if you're doing God's will. There's a song, he's like a folk singer from Minnesota, not really widely known, uh, but he has a song called Easy Street. And the chorus is, uh, every night I pray to God above me that he sent his love along with lots of money because in my heart I feel him calling me to easy street. Right. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So, I remember several years ago, Father, there's the, um, the Prayer of Jabez. Oh, yeah, was a very big, popular devotional yeah, book. Yeah, yeah. Um, yep. which was advocating that. Yep. So this seems to be that's at odds with St. Paul's, all we're saying yep. here. And that, so, dear listeners, I don't want to like, we're not saying this to pick on any beliefs that anyone might have, but more just to encourage you in your own sufferings. That uh, sufferings don't mean you're outcast from God and separated from God. Wow, we left no time at all for the heebie-jeebies. I know. Ah. So spend the rest of it. It's all yours, Father. Okay. Well, uh, and so 
the heebie-jeebies really comes in chapter two of Second uh, Thessalonians, where Saint Paul starts talking about um, this uh, uh, man, the lawless one. Because uh, in here he's correcting, as Dr. Bergwald set up for us ignition listeners, uh, about this concern that Jesus is coming back right away. Well, no, he's not coming because, and this ties in back to this idea of suffering persecutions as well that he talked about in chapter one, that where do these persecutions come from? Uh, they come from most of all from this lawless one, the deceiver, the father of lies. Who might that be? Satan. Satan, right? The best of the best of liars, uh, the father of lies, as Jesus calls him, a liar and a murderer from the beginning. And so in this way that there'll be some sort of lawless one who seems to be will come in a human way. And uh, Cardinal Newman, uh, the uh, patron of campus outreach, who was a big lover of the university life in the 19th century, he had a whole series of sermons on the Antichrist, which are very powerful and very interesting to listen to. Maybe that'd be an interesting episode to research and do sometime. Mm, right. But uh, so in uh, second chapter of Thessalonians, second uh, Thessalonians, St. Paul's talking about this lawless one who puts himself up as an object of worship, who seats himself in the very temple of God, claiming that he is a God. Uh, and, but yet this lawless one uh, is at some points being by something is being restrained right. from his full dominance in the world. Um and whatever might be that restraining force. Now, because of this lawless one, going down to like verse 9 of chapter 2 of Second Thessalonians, um, and so this idea that there will be a persecution, verse 8, 9, 10, 11, this idea of a persecution by of Christians by this lawless one. And so for us Christians, we should not be surprised when we find persecution, suffering, and difficulty in our Christian life uh, coming from this lawless one. Um and the response of that really is just is to live in order and a virtue of life turning towards the Lord. So there, there will be, um, and the catechism talks yeah. about this with the coming of the antichrist, right. uh, the John's term, the law, yep. for, um, the lawless one. So we get to talk about him again in first John, right? Yep. That there, there will be the reality that someone, this figure will come, um, l- later in the church's history who will really persecute the church. Right. And so now this is also, you have to, you don't have to fear because he starts out saying not to fear, not to be deceived, but just to be aware, to prepare for his coming in this way, to prepare for his presence. Right. And we don't have to be on the lookout necessarily to see like, oh, is this person? Is that person? You know, I think my neighbor. Um, <laughs> I think he's the lawless one. He but to be think? prepared, be prepared right. and just understand that suffering and persecutions are going to come. Right. In that way. Now, it doesn't mean you can't act against them. That means you can't. Uh, try and discourage, and who knows? I mean, what is this restraining force? Maybe you right. are part of that restraining right. force by your own faithfulness, by your own desire to leaven, to be a salt and a leavening agent of the gospel into the world around you. Father, your favorite verse? Oh, uh, from chapter three, those who do not work should not eat. Amen. And that'll wrap up this episode of Ignition. We'll talk more about the lawless one, I think, in a separate episode sometime. Unpack that more. You can email us if any questions you might have. Ignition at sfcatholic.org. Until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you all, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening. You can find archives of this and past episodes online at sfcatholic.org. Click on Media and then Audio Files. You can also subscribe to the Ignition podcast in the iTunes store. 
Remember to tune in every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. on Lamb Catholic Radio at 91.3 FM in Hartford and 104.3 LPFM Juan Diego Catholic Radio in Sioux Falls and on 88.9 FM in Ipswich and Aberdeen or online at lambradio.com.